kind of want to buy her a diamond. Her? It's kind of my girlfriend. Her? You, do you not like her? I don't know her. You know, it's like you spend all your time with her. It's like you're hogging her. Like you're a little Ann hog. Okay? Don't be such an Ann hog. It's the girl who ripped my heart out. The girl whose face will always be etched in my mind. Huh? She's really funny. Well, let's hope so. Her coming up next. Haven't seen it with Tim Sestito and Tommy Tevenet. Hello, everybody. Welcome on in. Thank you all so much for listening today. This is a podcast where one of us is watching a movie for the very first time. And today that person is Tommy. Never seen her before. Yeah, I don't know. I just never got around to it. But uh, this was a very melancholy film and I did like it. <laughs> you did not like it? No, I, I, I did like it. I did like it. Sorry. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Uh, we we're about to. It was about. You're, to you're, we we're about to get into civil war here. Um, I had yeah. seen it in college when it came out. I have not watched it in quite some time. Probably since I first watched it, because like at twenty, you're just like, oh, this is really depressing. And yeah. now you're just like, Spike Jones is predicting the future very accurately. It's it's weird how much uh, how well this movie is aged. I mean, this came out ten years ago, which that in itself is a mind fuck. But. Um... We'll, we'll get into it more, but yeah, this this is held up very well. <laughs> yes, this is held up extremely well. And um, before we dive into it, Tommy, is there anything you watched this week that you want to give a shout out to? Uh, so I've been uh, listening to the Blank Check podcast, one of my favorite podcasts, and they've been covering the movies of Danny Boyle. And uh, they just covered Shallow Grave, which is Danny Boyle's first movie with Ian McGregor and Christopher Eccleston. And what a fucking movie. I've never seen it before. It's a mid-90s movie where pretty much the two of them are roommates and with a girl, and they discover that uh, their new roommate that just moved in died, OD'd of a drug overdose, and he has a uh, briefcase full of cash in it. And that's the whole premise of the movie. It's a very tense thriller, very insane. You can see, like, the different, uh, you know, we covered Transpine before on the podcast. You can definitely see, like, you know, where that all started with Danny Boyle. It's a highly recommend, very fun movie, very tense, very uh, engaging. And Ian McGregor obviously is fucking amazing as always. <laughs> what was the title of it? Sorry, I was pulling something up that I'm, we're going to discuss during her, because this is actually very timely that we're recording this today, the 30th of January, but I will dive into that. Yeah, uh, it was called bit. Shallow Grave again. So Shallow, shallow grave. grave. Shallow Grave, okay. I rewatched... Harry Potter 6 and Harry Potter 7, 1 and 2 this week, just out of like morbid curiosity. We're going to do part three for sure. I, I actually think you would like Harry Potter 7 part one because it's really just like a bunch of, it's just the characters like hanging out and dealing with the weight and the emotion of of having to try to defeat Voldemort on their own. And yeah. like part two is just like a giant action. It's so it, it's a nice conclusion. It's like more of an event, but I actually really liked seven part one and three is I, the best one. But we're going to cover it at some point. I'm going to force you to do it. Well, yeah, well, I think I mentioned this before, but never been a huge fan of Harry Potter. Uh, the three movies I've seen in that series just 
I don't know. High fantasy doesn't do it for me for some reason. <laughs> this is this is like baby's first fantasy. What are you talking about? High fantasy. Uh, I don't know. I remember I saw the first one. I saw it recently, like back in 2019. I saw the first two, and I was just like, this is just like a slog, slogs of a movie. So, I mean, maybe the third one will change my mind, but I'm not seeing that much of a difference because, I mean, I remember I hated part five, too. So, I think we talked about this last week. <laughs> we did. We did. We'll save the conversation for when we inevitably cover Prisoner of Azkaban. Hey, man, Harry Potter gets clicks. We got to, you know, gets yeah, get the Wizarding World. <laughs> we got to get the Wizarding World involved. But this... And there's that video game coming out. <laughs> there is that video game coming out. I know people are very excited for that. This is her. Welcome to the first artificially intelligent operating system. Hi. Hi. I'm Samantha. I want to learn everything about everything. I love the way you look at the world. I feel like I can be anything with you. Me too. You feel real to me, Samantha. Her. Rated R. In select theaters Wednesday, December 18th. So this is Spike Jones a prophet. I just have to come out and say it. Like, <laughs> this man predicted the loneliness epidemic that the world is in. Like, did you know that that a lot of companies are investing in, like, cat food and pet food and for because they just assume most people are going to be single and have animals? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean... When I moved into my apartment by myself, all my buddies was like, you should get a pet. And I was like, I, I, I don't want a pet. But it is one of those things like, you know, you watch this movie sometimes and like part of me is almost like I'm not that lonely, but I could definitely see like an angle getting that lonely. We're like, oh, an operated AI. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think the weird thing is, is that he, you know, Theodore played by Joaquin Phoenix. I don't think he was that lonely. Mm-hmm. Like he just, I think he kind of he wanted his woman to be a certain way in spite of him knowing that he shouldn't feel that way like um i think rooney mara plays his ex-wife Catherine, and they have that great dinner scene um with the uh with the waitress who comes up is there anything else i can get you guys no 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 we're good we're good we're good she's like yeah we're good you know this man always tried to change me and now he's sleeping with his computer She's the only person throughout the whole movie that's weirded out by the fact that he's talking to his AI and dating his AI. Everyone else is like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Awesome. I mean, uh, one of the things I do like about this movie, you notice in the background a lot of like people just walking by and they're clearly other people like in the street are just talking to their own AI. And you can definitely see that a little bit where it's just like everyone's just in their own little head now or they're just talking to their own like matched computer assistant thing. And it's kind of creepy in a way. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so I my first thought of... This was like this is the this is just after OnlyFans when that ends up inevitably collapsing. It's just yeah. for lonely people. It's going to be about our you know it's going to be artificial intelligence girlfriends. Now, Tommy, I sent you a tweet because this popped up on my timeline. So apparently now there's AI that are making the most realistic looking women like you know just as obscenely gorgeous as humanly possible. And it's like, oh, oh God, yeah. Are you looking at that and being like, wait, this is fake? <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck? Holy shit. Um, well, it's one of those weird things that like, you know, um, you know, this the idea of this movie came to Spike Jones in the early 2000s when he read an article online about a website where a user could instant message with an AI. And, you know, back then it was like, you know, remember Smarter Child or something like that on AIM that you could talk yeah, to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah I, remember I remember talking those to bots that. that they used to have, and they were like terrible. They were terrible. You just fuck with them, man. Like you know, he said that like the first twenty seconds it had a real buzz, then you realize that it was just like it quickly fell apart, and you realize how it wasn't that impressive. But like nowadays, the technology at a point where like I remember hearing a podcast recently about like you know you could talk to there's an AI for like William Shakespeare or Batman where you could t- uh, talk to these AIs. It'd be just within the character you want to talk to, and like they would know everything about how the character interacted. You just ended up spending hours talking to like batman about stuff and batman would ask you immediately like what do you think about my no kill rule or something like that and you can see people just getting trapped in that lonely thing and it's only a matter of time i say we're probably only like a decade away from it to being like a full-on voice fully automated voice and it's scary in a way <laughs> yeah well the the thing with with this is with these pictures is that they can artificially create real looking women in pictures and then combine that with video of them doing whatever they want like that's going to just destroy only fans in terms of yeah. real people actually using it. The whole AI, AI thing is like creepy too in its own way, where you know you have uh, AI uh, making like graphic design, like fucking insane things. <laughs> yeah, I, it, you know, we're right at the cusp of it about to boom. I feel like we're feeling that this year. It's coming AI. Like I'm conflicted on AI because I can obviously see the potential, but knowing that humans are the people in charge of AI, I have very little faith. Yeah. When does when, <laughs> when does Skynet get involved? Essentially, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just have very little faith, and like human beings need purpose; they need human connection. Um, I think that was one of the overarching themes of of the movie is is like that is finding connection with somebody and i think like if you make all this artificial intelligence to take over jobs and make people live in their house and give them base give them comfort right like i mean that's what they've done they've you can now stream anything you want on your tv with you can get everything delivered you don't need to leave your home that's my prediction of where it's going where it's heading what they're trying to accomplish um and i don't think it will end well but what do I know? But to go back on her, that was just my little AI rant. I had to get it out of the way. Since we're since this is an artificial intelligence movie. Yeah. Tommy, what did you think of the relationship between Scarlett Johansson and Joaquin Phoenix? It definitely was a dynamic like voice performance by Scarlett Johansson. I think that you could definitely tell the two of them had chemistry and then just like kind of bounce off the screen where like you could see the two of them in a romantic comedy together um, where like, you know, where one of them isn't a fucking AI where it's just like a more traditional romantic comedy. And like it did feel weird at some points, like in the scene where, uh, you know, they have sex for the first time and like how a little bit odd that is where you just realize that all that's happening is Joaquin Phoenix is just jerking off while someone's talking to his ear. (laughs) it's just like and there's things like that out there too there's porn now you can get where like people will talk to you in your ear and will be like oh it's a specific scenario of like a friend talking to you or like oh the friends into lovers and it's just like what the fuck how would you know about that time um yeah so uh (laughs) anyways but uh it's crazy so you know uh scott johansson was originally cast in this movie it was um they originally filmed the whole movie with uh samantha morton as the voice of samantha she was uh on the set of joaquin phoenix every day and then filming wrapped and Spike Jones was editing the movie and he realized that like something was not right. Something was a little bit off. So then with Samantha Morton's uh, blessing, Scott Johansson was brought in and, you know, there's the movie we have today. So it's crazy that even like, you know, most of the scenes, Walking King Phoenix was interacting with someone else and still the chemistry still works and still 
very much makes the movie. Right. Well, I I think almost for Scarlett Johansson, it then because then she's just doing this in a sound booth. So she really gets to play off of Joaquin's performance, like fully done mm. and fully like recording the lines. And like, I I think he has to get a lot of credit. And now if Samantha Morton was there talking, like, obviously it's a little different, but still he's like doing the performance on his own. Most of the movie is just a solo shot of him. And they do really have great chemistry. And like, what I love about this movie is that the dialogue's not afraid to go deep. And not afraid to fully explore who these characters are. And one of my favorite clips from this was after the beach. And um, Samantha asks Theodore about his divorce and what that was like. That's hard for sure. But there's something that feels so good about sharing your life with somebody. How do you share your life with somebody? Well, we grew up together. I I used to read all of her writing, all through her master's and PhD. She read every word I ever wrote. We were a big influence on each other. In what way did you influence her? She came from a background where nothing was ever good enough. And that was something that weighed heavy on her. But in our house together, there was a sense of just trying stuff and you know, allowing each other to fail and to be excited about things. That was liberating for her. It was exciting to see her grow. Both of us grow and change together. But you know, that's also the hard part. Growing without it, growing apart, or changing without it scaring the other person. I still find myself having conversations with her in my mind, rehashing old arguments and defending myself against something she said about me. Yeah, I know what you mean. Last week, my feelings were hurt by something you said before that I don't know what it's like to lose something, and I um, found myself- I'm sorry I said that. I'm no, it's okay, it's okay. I just, I caught myself thinking about it over and over, and, and then I realized that I was simply remembering it as something that was wrong with me. That was a story I was telling myself, that I was somehow inferior. Isn't that interesting? The past is just a story we tell ourselves. And I, I just think that's like just such a profoundly deep scene. I know it's a little long for what we usually run, but I there was no place to cut that without Getting the chemistry of ScarJo and Walking Phoenix, even though it was not, it was artificial, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because, yeah, it's weird because this was obviously like you know just hearing just the audio of this, like you could easily just imagine this being like a scene in like a coffee shop where two characters are like talking to each other, and you know, it doesn't really feel like robotic. I mean, there's there's a shitty version of this movie where like she sounds more robotic. <laughs> like I think yeah. they made a. The, one of the guys from Workaholics made a movie that was like this, where it was just like Rose Byrne was the AI, and like the AI was like trying to fuck with him and stuff like that. And like, it, it sounded very robotic. It sounded like Siri was talking to him, and that would just not work. It would just be like, okay, like this would be a weird. This movie is comedic, obviously, but that would have been like a weird farcical way of it. Just like look at this lonely incel or something like that. 
Yeah, see, like I don't think he's an incel. Um, no, he. It's not like he hates women. I think his, you know, and we prefaced this before during the the lunch scene where he signs the divorce papers, that you know he doesn't like when he gets upset. He doesn't like to share it, and he likes to distance himself from people. And putting himself in a relationship with a an operating system that allows him to, you know, connect and disconnect when he wants to, that allows him to, that responds to who he is and starts to, you, you know, and is able to play off of what he wants, right? Like that, that mm -hmm. is the ideal situation for him. Mm -hmm. That And it's, it's a really human and personal um, connection that, that he feels to an operating system. And I think, one of the other really great things about this movie is that is the juxtaposition between the themes of the movie being so dark and then the cinematography scene and the, the set design being so bright and colorful and sunny and optimistic. And it, 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 it like contrasts what you're seeing and think about the time this movie came out. This is the era that everything was just shot like dark and these yeah. murky colors and looks like crap. And, you know, just to give that real gritty effect. And this movie is, is like darker than any of those. Has mm -hmm. a light tone to it somehow, like a light, light, light sense of humor that, that keeps it mm -hmm. like keeps you from not being morbidly depressed. I, I like the production design in general in this movie. I mean, like oh, if yeah. there's one way to describe it, I would call it like Easter colors. Um, That's what I was thinking. Because, like, everyone's dressed up in, like, you know, bright yellows, bright greens, like, very yeah. bright pink and stuff like that. It's a cool look of the future. And despite the fact that, like, essentially it's just about a bunch of people that, like, aren't able to find a connection as much. And But I do love how, like, most characters' reaction to him, like, to saying that he's dating his AI is like, yeah, cool. Like, he, yeah, Chris Pratt's in this movie, you know, like, right before he hit with Star-Lord and became, like, mega famous. And, like, at one point, Joaquin Phoenix, like, says, like, uh, is talking to him, Chris Pratt and his new girlfriend, and um, like, oh yeah, you're, we gotta do a double date for your girlfriend. And he's like, oh, she's an operating system. Cool, awesome, sounds good, whatever. Catalina sound good. Yeah, it's like awesome, like whatever. That's all good. So like, you know, where you would expect the character to be like, the fuck you're dating the computer, dude? What? But no one says that except for Rooney Mara. She's the only one that is like, odded yeah, out by. But it. she knows him the best out of everybody in his life. And she knows yeah. how he is and what he wants out of a relationship. And I think, you know, it. there's like two down moments in the relationship. And the first one is obviously after he signs the divorce papers, he starts to distance himself from Samantha. Mm -hmm. And um, then Samantha, uh, which this scene was so uncomfortably funny, uh, the surrogate sex scene. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> where, where so so samantha reaches out to a find somebody online that wants to be a part of a relationship as a surrogate for an ai couple for a human ai couple and she wants she's like we're not having sex as much as we used to and she, he's like yeah it's fine don't this, this happens it's normal in relationships which is obviously him just distancing himself and just trying to justify his actions mm -hmm. and then this pretty blonde girl comes over and like she puts in the earpiece like she doesn't say a word and she just puts on the earpiece and the mole to be samantha and then they connect through the earpiece and like experience that relationship and they start getting somewhat intimate not really 
and then he he's like i can't do this anymore and she just breaks down and goes into the bathroom i just wanted to be a part of a loving relationship <laughs> like i just wanted to share this experience with you and it was it's not funny but it's so funny like because the it's tone fu- is still serious but it's somehow so funny it's just bizarre and odd it's like what the hell is going on i mean what i like that is that scott johansson's character is a fully realized character i mean i could have easily seen it be like she was like the ai always says yes and always like you know like caters to Joaquin Phoenix's every whim and which the beginning of the movie is kind of like that and what it seems like but then you realize that like you know they actually have fights and she actually is like pissed off at him at some points and being like what the fuck are you doing man like uh, are you kidding me so it's more and more it's just like how complex this AI is whereas it could have just been easily just a yes person <laughs> yeah 100 percent and she her complexity ends the relationship too expanding her mind through physics through other operating systems and like obviously the metaphorical cheating. When you talk to me, do you talk to other people, other systems? Yeah. How many? Like 890 or like it was like 1891. Yeah. And, and are you in love with any of them? Yeah. Like 690 of them. Like, and it's where <laughs> you start, but it's where you start to see that difference between it being so unnatural. Like, I can, well, that's why I was confused that during that scene um, was like, at first I was like wondering like, so is she like the AI for like just other people or is, is she like the typical AI or is she just like one of the five things? Is she like the smarter child and then there's the other one? Like, I forget what the other names were of the, the aim bots, but <laughs> like, are there only so many types of AIs? No, I took it that the op, like the operating system is so customizable mm-hmm. that it, it, it adapts to you like there's that little scene when he gets the system and he's booting it up and he answers like three relatively short questions and then samantha pops up and it's i think it was based off of his tone based on like his answers like his hesitancy is not hesitancy to to and like the machine knows what to generate for you Mm -hmm. i think that's more of of what it is where it just becomes customizable now is they're just different voices like again i i don't know i would imagine in this world it it just automatically generates a voice for it mm. a different voice a unique voice and it it allowed for it allowed this the system is able to generate you know unique things because i i think what it part of what it's trying to say is is that you know humans only need a certain amount of things right um mm. he has the friend amy adams who lives in his building who plays a character named amy who yeah. was married and gets divorced over something petty and it was more about like the control and disappointment of ending a marriage and then she starts to build a relationship with her ai and mm. it's not overtly sexual like the one that theodore has it's not that intimate from what we can gather Mm. but she starts to spend all of her time just with that ai system and i think it just it customizes to what you need in that time yeah i I mean it's definitely the parallels of why this movie is aged so well we were touching on this a little bit earlier but like you know we're getting to a point in our lives where like you know media is so segmented at this point where you know like 30 years ago everyone watched like you know the same channels and like everyone watched the same shows but at this point there's like a show that like one person could tell me like, you know, we always say that joke about how like 
people give you fucking like 30 different shows to watch and like you know everyone else is watching something different and so it's just so segmented so different we're all in our own different little worlds we're all in the different little acro rooms which just gets so lonely and that's a part of the ai too where you know people like i wouldn't be shocked if 50 years from now we saw something exactly like this movie <laughs> oh yeah I, I it's coming like it, it it predicted the world like it predicted we're in step one of five to getting there mm-hmm. um i don't think it'll be as colorful i mean i'm an optimist yeah. maybe it will be probably yeah. not uh what, what i do what i do like is that like you know essentially that we've seen like joaquin phoenix on dates with like you know in real life people like actual um like women like the fact that we had that uh, one scene of olivia wilde where he's on the date with her and stuff like that and to see like how the chemistry is weird and like how he's not like able to get as intimate with someone like in real life and that's why he needs samantha in his life just to show the contra- uh, contrast of like what's going wrong in this guy's life it's just that like, he's not able to open up and samantha at the end of the day helps him open up and realize that like you know in the movie hey i should be with amy adams <laughs> yeah and it, it's not even you know they don't kiss or anything at the end it was just like do you want to go out with me and they just go and sit at the rooftop because they both the operating systems decide that they need to go on their own they need to go to wherever operating systems go yeah. and they leave like 800 of them leave the people that they were assigned to. First of all, I'd ask for a refund from the company. Yeah. Like what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> yeah. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I developed this intimate relationship and then she just fucking leaves. Like I, and that's the other weird thing. It's like, you're paying for it. Right. Like it's not like prostitution quote unquote, but you're, you're buying something to combat loneliness and to form a relationship, even if it's not an intimate relationship like Theodore's and Samantha's, mm. you're still tr- buying a relationship with somebody. It's it's that weird, like tricky line right there. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it makes me wonder, like, how much it costs. If it's, uh, it's probably a subscription service that's just like for twenty five mm. bucks a month, you can get your own Samantha. <laughs> yeah, well, I think this movie was trying to not do the capitalism thing and just kind of like, because mm. like that. I, the movie would have been too bloated and the movie is very personal, very intimate. And it's about them. Like there's no critique on capitalism. There's no critique on the system because yeah, like you think about it. Yeah. There'd be a subscription service and all these different, Oh, you want the intimate package? Well, that's X amount of dollar. You know what I mean? Versus, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what it would end up being. But to your point on Theodore having the date with Olivia Wilde, it was weird because they had like a chemistry. It wasn't like totally, authentic but it only got weird when she was like if we're gonna sleep together like i i need to know when i'm gonna see you again like i'm too old to be wasting my time for for this yeah. situation and he like kind of crumbles up but i wanted yeah. to talk about the situation before that where he gets the email about the date and he sets it up and he's playing that little game with the alien robot which i thought was the funniest scene in the movie oh yeah <laughs> I have to pull this clip. It, it made me laugh out loud. You want me to email her? Uh, We've got nothing to lose. Do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Yes. Email her. Okay, perfect. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Make make a reservation someplace great. Yeah? Oh, I've got just the place. Who is that talking? Oh, that's my friend Samantha. Is she a girl? Yeah. I hate women. All they do is cry all the time. <laughs> that's not true. You know, men cry too. I actually like crying sometimes. It feels good. 
I didn't know you were a little pussy. Is that why you don't have a girlfriend? I'll go on that day girl and fuck her brains out and show you how it's done. You can watch him cry. Okay. This kid has some problems. You have some fucking problems, lady. Really? Okay, I'm gonna go. Right, get out um, of here, fatty. Oh, good luck. Come on. Follow me, pussy. Like, and that was Spike Jones vo vo voicing that. Yeah. And I feel like that's... I think that's the weird contradiction of, of Spike Jones because if you look at his filmography, it's like all these deep, thoughtful, thought-invoking movies. Like he doesn't have that many like features as a director. It's only like four or five. This is his last movie, and this movie was ten years ago. His last uh, narrative movie, at least. Na narrative, and then the other part of his filmography is being the writer and producer of all the Jackass movies. And this was like his little ode to Jackass of just like putting this such immature humor in there but it's so funny it's so yeah. funny and like i mean that's what makes the jackass movies great is like it's it's so immature it's dumb it's all these things but it's like great it's just so funny it's so funny yeah. and it's like so interesting to watch these people put themselves through that kind of torture self-inflicted torture um, but I, I had to I had to pull that one. Like I literally laughed out loud and I was just like this this yeah. robot is so funny. <laughs> just your video games like being able to talk to you at some point, like you're playing like fucking Halo Master Chiefs talking to you or some shit. <laughs> like or whatever. That's what it would come to. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean they do talk to you, right? Video games, like they have narratives and, and yeah. Well, and well we're we're also already having this at some point where like, you know, there's like Cortana on like Windows PC where like Cortana could navigate stuff for you and like help you out in some way where it's just like the very primitive nature of it. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I have one I have one question to uh, for you, Timmy. Would you want your own AI? <laughs> no, I don't let Alexa in my house. Um, oh, we didn't even mention Alexa as like the, 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 the big one. Yeah. I don't get I don't get the appeal of Alexa. Like, oh, like, are you that lazy that you just can't go to your phone and press play on your song? Like, everybody I see using Alexa is just to play music. That's all they use it for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the main thing to use it for. I mean, sometimes we'll just do it. I mean, my uh, old roommate had an Alexa, and we just do it to, like, fuck around. And, like, we have certain keywords. Or, like, we'd say, like, play this and then play, like, fucking cringy anime music just to, like, fuck, fuck with one of our friends. <laughs> so it was, like, playing that way. And you just ask Alexa like random questions and just like kind of like you're a 10 year old again, just asking like inappropriate questions over and over again. Uh, but I don't see the appeal for myself. I mean, I don't use Siri. I remember like my dad used Siri all the time. He loved doing that, but it seems it's ridiculous that's, at that point. <laughs> that's such an old move because the olds love yeah. the Siri because they can just mm. voice to, to text and voice command. Like they don't have to type. They don't have to use their thumbs because it's just yeah. so unnatural for them. Like, you're 50 something years old and now you're handed this computer in your pocket that's all yeah. touch based it's so unnatural to them yeah it, it fucks with them so i mean i wouldn't want an ai either i think because I, I think i'd also end up like a slippery slope <laughs> yeah i mean we heard about what you listened to in your personal time tommy i can understand why that might end up being a slippery slope for you i am a star I'm a star, I'm a star, I'm a star. I'm a big, bright, shining star. All right, Tommy, who is the star of her? There's only really there's only really two options, but I, I, I'm tempted to go with Scarlett Johansson here because 
she really sells the voice performance. I mean, obviously she doesn't appear in the movie physically, but the fact that she's so captivating as such great chemistry of walking Phoenix and just really sells it to the point that like, it really makes the movie. Like we said before, there's like ripoffs of this movie where like the AI is just like, like very robotic in its voice and doesn't work and just seems goofy. But this like, you know, Samantha feels almost like a real person when that's kind of the whole thing about the movie. And if she just had a terrible voice performance, it wouldn't work. Yeah. And I mean, I, that would have to be the reason Spike Jones had to recast it where he was just listening to it and being like, this is, it's just not going to work. You yeah. know, like you can just hear it. And it's one of my things in terms of like, I think of this in terms of like sports broadcasting or even as simple as somebody starting like a chant at an event, mm. right? Like there are just different tones in people's voices and like it doesn't matter how much you know or how much you think if you don't have the kind of voice that just resonates with with audience if you if it's just naturally not your tone I, I i think it's almost impossible for you to be like a great broadcaster or to be a great like like you can still be very good at your job like in terms of all the technical aspects but there is that natural part of you like it's it's just the tone it's it's inherent i mean you you can tell in podcast you can tell on podcasts too. I, I like to, you know tune out of some podcasts before listening to them because like it was so monotone and so boring. I was like, oh god. So I mean, Samantha Morton playing Samantha. I mean, that's almost up there with like you know Eric Stoltz playing Marty McFly, where like you want to see like kind of like the hidden footage or hidden voice track in this case and see like why they recasted it. <laughs> yeah, you do want to see why they recast. Yeah, Marty McFly is another really famous recasting. Yeah, but for me, in terms of star of the show. I have to go with Joaquin Phoenix. Like, I mean, he just, the movie's on his back and the movie is really about him. Mm. And on the other side of the curve, he had to perform, I guess, with somebody in the room, but it it was all based off of his reaction. Like, that's all we were seeing Mm. was like his physical reaction. Like, I think it's a really outstanding performance. Like, Joaquin Phoenix is a generational actor. Mm. Have you ever seen The Master? Uh, no, I haven't haven't gotten to that one yet. <laughs> we will cover that one. That's another just absolutely terrific Joaquin Phoenix performance uh, with Paul Thomas Anderson directing. But yeah, I got to go Joaquin here. Like I I, I know this is going to be weird, but I think of, um, and I guess we'll relate to the Muppets, but uh, in Empire Strikes Back, you know, people crap on Mark Hamill for his performance as Luke Skywalker, but I actually think it's a pretty good performance. And especially when you consider the scenes with Yoda and Empire and realize the way that they filmed that was like they had the puppet and then like 10 feet below them was the cast. And Mark had to basically hear Frank Oz through an earpiece on the on the sound set. So he was just acting with a puppet there and gives a really great performance. And this is kind of similar. Like, yeah, like the person giving the voice was in the room, was there, was feeding him the lines. But the Mm -hmm. performance is solely on you. Yeah, exactly. Like, no one knows what Samantha Morton's performance was when she was on set. So, all we have to go off is Joaquin. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for me, it's Joaquin Phoenix. I just think it's really a dynamic performance. It's really emotional and like full. Like, it, you just you see a gentle soul that's always willing to open up when it's going good but so mm. unwilling to open up when it's going bad. And it's an interesting contradiction mm. in, in that sense. And, you know, he's a beautiful writer. He's 
he's what what even was his job (laughs) so basically it was people paid to write letters to loved ones yeah which that service has to exist i i would be stunned if it doesn't oh i'm sure but it it felt so weird like to be in the movie i was like what and then i was like he's just like you know people are sending these very intimate uh, personal letters but like not written by them so it's just i don't know (laughs) wouldn't you be pissed off you got that from a partner it's like you could even write these words yourself. <laughs> yes and no, but it, I think the other thing is like they don't know how to express themselves, and like that's the interesting contradiction of, of Theodore is that he's so open to sharing himself in the good times, mm-hmm. and so unwilling to share himself in the bad times, mm-hmm. and it's it's that's what makes him a really interesting character, and what makes this performance just stand out to me. Um, so for me, Joaquin Phoenix. Are you ready, comedy partner? Waka waka. Now, Tommy, would her work as a Muppet adaptation? This movie's too melancholy to work as a fucking Muppet adaptation. Like, this is a movie you watch on a rainy day. I mean, especially the score. The score just, you know, gives off the rainy day vibe. And I don't want that in my Muppet movie. <laughs> yeah, there's, I think the only scene that would work is the scene with the alien. That's the only oh, yeah. scene in the whole movie with the video game alien guy that the clip we played. That's the only scene that would work in a Muppet adaptation. Yeah, like there, there's not enough physical humor. There's not a it's not wacky enough. Like I I feel I was watching it and I was thinking about what we're gonna do for the Muppet segment. And I'm like, this is gonna be the shortest Muppet segment we've ever done because there's like literally nothing. What what if, what if the only thing they changed was that Miss Piggy was the voice of Samantha? <laughs> okay, see then I'm game. Yeah, exactly. That's the only thing you change. Or it's just instead like, oh boy, y'all. <laughs> I can't do my piggy impersonation. <laughs> I've been reaching out to a to a, a AI that's a oh. famous philosopher from the 1970s. Would you like to meet him, Kirby? Oh, oh Kirby. <laughs> exactly. Just yeah, that over and over we again. We can't we can't do good Miss Piggies. Yeah, that's not our strong suit. So uh Disney, don't do this one. <laughs> Definitely do not do this one. All right, Tommy. Review time. Give me your score to five. All right. So, uh, you know, first time watch, I think that this is a very great movie. And I think this very hits if you're someone that's like, you know, you're going through isolation and stuff like that. You all feel lonely in ourselves. And this is a movie about loneliness and more than anything and struggling to open up and things like that. So um, I think Joaquin Phoenix and Scott Johansson both gave great performances. And this movie is very captivating, even though really not that much happens throughout the movie, except just it's a character study almost. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go full. Yeah, I'm going to go 4 out of 5. Douglas movie. Um, Pretty good movie. (laughs) I'm going to give this a a 4.5 out of 5. I really thought just there's so few movies that come out this day that have a story that can captivate an audience fully and have a plot to it, too. Like, there are plot beats in this movie. Like, I've talked about movies like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Babylon where there's, like, it's all story, there's no plot. Like, this has plot beats to it like he has the divorce he has his falling out his reconnection then his ultimate falling out right like there's little plot beats in this movie it's not overt and it's not like an overarching plot throughout the movie it's just chronicling his relationship with the computer um the the production and set design the cinematography was all like perfect it was a perfect just juxtaposition to what was actually happening in the story. It made for really interesting visual storytelling, really intimate movie. Um, I enjoyed 
the hell out of this movie and I'm going to give it four and a half out of five. So Tommy, any final thoughts? Uh, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, you can follow us um, at seen it pod and that's on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. and leave us a five-star review, Spotify app, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we're coming up with a good schedule of the you know, romantic comedies, more romance movies. Her, it obviously kicks off our February schedule. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> Yeah, this was a really bright romantic comedy that we put up here. Real real Kate Hudson vibes. Um, Thank you guys all so much for listening. We'll see you next week.